Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thanks to our generous supporters, the ASHP Foundation can continue to offer grants, such as the New Practitioner Pharmacy Leadership Development Grant, funded through the Marianne F. Ivy Leadership Fund. By investing in future leaders, we can help ensure a strong pharmacy workforce for the future, advancing pharmacy practice, and improving health outcomes for our patients. The ASHP Foundation is 100% donor-supported, and every donation, no matter the size, makes an impact. Thank you for joining us for Wellness Wednesday podcast. This podcast is a forum where you can listen in as members share successful strategies on wellness and resiliency in both their personal and professional lives. My name is Jennifer Tyra. I am the Membership Program Coordinator at ASHP. I will be your host today for ASHP's Wellness Wednesday podcast. With me today are Derek Gorey and Julie Murphy, both from University of Toledo College of Pharmacy and Pharmaceutical Sciences. Thank you for joining us today, Derek and Julie. Let's get started talking about your new Practitioner Pharmacist Leadership Grant Project. So I'm gonna jump right in and ask you a question. What inspired you to choose burnout among pharmacy residents in the United States as the subject of your research? Thank you for having us. One of the biggest things that led me to this research project was having completed a PGY-1 and PGY-2 residency um, within the last five years. I knew that burnout was a real thing. It is something that I have experienced, likely not to the point of what we would consider burnout, um, but I've had have stressful situations during residency as well as exhaustion. Um, so I thought it would be an interesting project um, to complete. I always wondered what other residents were feeling during that time period of residency and whether or not they were truly burned out or just exhausted from the um, amount of work that a resident has to do. Um, one of the things I do understand is residency is a very rewarding process but it is an extremely busy year or two of work. Um, looking back, there were definitely times throughout residency that I felt as if seemed a little busier um, and may have made it a little more exhausting. Um, I think I, I personally was not disengaged, um, which is another key factor within burnout, uh, but it is it was a very exhausting year. There's a lot of projects that are completed during residency. So I thought it would be a good idea to look at the, the year of a resident and kind of see what time periods that residents may be a little bit more exhausted, disengaged, or burnout. The most important thing for me um, to kind of get from this project is that I would really want to be able to help identify any big risk factors that residents might have and identifying them earlier rather than later and helping them uh, with managing uh, exhaustion as well as disengagement. Uh, we definitely can provide residents with tools to be successful. And I think as a new preceptor for residents, that's a huge thing that I feel that I can connect with some of the residents that I am precepting over the, their course of training. And again, Jennifer, thank you so much for um, having us for this podcast today. Um, so for, for me, from my standpoint, having contributed to the education and training 
of pharmacy residents since 2002, both as a preceptor and as a residency program director. I've seen residents go through very stressful times throughout the year. For instance, October, they're just getting into the routine of their day-to-day -day rotations. And then maybe the IRB replies back with, they need clarifications on their IRB, so they need to do that. Maybe they have other longitudinal projects, such as um, their te a teaching certificate program and they're getting ready for their lecture. And oh yeah, the personal placement service opens up for the ASHP mid-year clinical meeting. So just while they're getting their feet wet in residency, bam, it's time to figure out what's gonna happen next year. So October, I have found to be a pretty stressful time for residents. Another time is January. A lot of residency programs have these research months in December, thinking that the residents can complete all of their data collection for their research project during the month of December. And January comes, and maybe December wasn't as productive of a month for them as they were hoping. So they're playing catch up while applying for PGY2s, while applying for jobs and things. So I found January to be very stressful. March as well. Um, at that point, some residents may know their plans for after graduation. Others are still trying to figure it out. They're running their, doing their data analysis for their research. And again, I just would see these little pockets of time throughout the residency year. And so as soon as Derek came to me with the idea, like, let's look at resident burnout, but like over the course of the year, I thought, hey, that would be great. Because just anecdotally, I had already kind of figured out my own thoughts on, on the process. And so I just, I was very um, interested in the project when he came to me with it. And I was curious to know, are my findings similar to what we would find if we were to study it? The other thing is that I feel like the term burnout gets tossed around a lot. And do people really know that burnout is not just exhaustion, but also disengagement? And so I think many of us can associate with the exhaustion side of things, but hopefully not disengagement. Hopefully we still enjoy what we do, but maybe we're just a little tired. And so are we truly burnt out or is it something else going on? So I think this research project can, um, by sharing the results, can shed a little light on the topic of burnout specifically um, during the residency year. Thank you both. That's a fascinating topic, truly. Um, what lessons did you learn as you were conducting your research? So there's a few different topics that I feel like I've learned a lot on during this whole process of receiving the grant, learning new systems, as well as looking at the research as time goes on. Um, one of the big things for me was learning new systems. Uh, we have a few different IRBs here at the University of Toledo. Uh, we have the social and behavioral, we have the biomedical, um, and we have the cancer IRB. So I've been through most of them being an oncology pharmacist. I've been through the cancer IRB. I've been through biomedical. But one of the IRBs that I hadn't really been through was the social and behavioral. And this project falls under that category. Um, so learning the process of going through that particular IRB was um, great for me because now I have um, knowledge in all three IRBs and what may um, need to be put in one IRB, but not the other IRB application. 
Um, another system that I was lucky to be able to learn was the Qualtrics survey system. Um, building surveys um, will be very helpful um, as I progress through my career. So learning that system and how to create different questions within that program has been very beneficial um, for this project. Um, another thing that we um, identified um, would be helpful was looking at the strengths and limitations of this project as it goes on. For example, when we did our pilot study, COVID hit right in March. Um, so this was a huge kind of derailment for our project because we were thinking, oh, oh gosh, what are we going to do um, when we look at this data? Um, how are we going to really look at the strengths and weaknesses of our, of our um, study to really show how this pandemic could also affect? And then right when we got our, our uh, grant, we actually started the project mid-COVID. Um, so um, we're, we're seeing a lot of a lot of stress with the pandemic. Um, we're seeing a lot of burnout. And looking at our residents, what is this going to look like if we were to repeat the study in a non-pandemic year? Um, are we going to see different results? Are these residents going to be burnout? more towards the end of residency or during those months that Julie had already identified. Whereas we may see the burnout spanning from the beginning to the end because of the, the pandemic itself. So we're looking at all of these months um, right now, but we do need to be able to kind of look at that as whether it's a limitation to our project or not. We also know that there are different phases of what we would consider burnout. You could be exhausted, you could be disengaged, um, you could be both, um, which would essentially mean that you are burnout. Um, so we're looking at all three of these phases throughout the year and really learning lessons from that and learning what we can do to help these residents through those time periods, which I think is a very important part of our project. Um, so what are the future implications or further implementation for your research? So kind of going off that last point, we're really looking at all these different phases. We're looking at exhaustion, disengagement, and burnout. And we're looking at it at different time points in the year, hoping that we can identify um, the particular months in which residents may be a little bit more burnout. Ultimately, what we can do with that information is we can provide programs um, or strategically place activities for the residents to do that might pull them out of that burnout phase and, and might engage them a little more, give them a break um, from their daily activities, um, whether it's related to the residents themselves or getting the residents to work with their RPD or preceptor, we could ultimately identify those things and give them programs that may um, kind of pull them out of that not so great time of being burnt out. We can also create resident development programs um, that could potentially help them identify some risk factors or things they may be doing um, that may be contributing to that burnout. Is it time management? Is it accepting too many projects at one time? Um, these are things we can help the residents identify um, when they are potentially burnout. We also thought about producing something in regards to technology that could help the residents um, 
maybe take a survey each couple of months that um, would tell them whether or not they're burnout, they're exhausted, they're engaged, um, disengaged or engaged um, with any of the activities they're doing, um, which could ultimately help them throughout residency. So there could be a tech technological advancement in the future where we could make an app or have them do a quick survey each month just to make sure that they're not burnout or they and they are still engaged in what they're what they're doing in the residency program. We also have thought about continuing this project over the next few years or repeating it just to see, um, especially since we are currently doing the project during COVID, we would potentially like to see what it's like without a pandemic going on. Are, is there a lower rate of burnout when there isn't a pandemic? Is it a higher rate? Because then they're completely focused on their tasks with, within the residency program. We don't know. So that's something that we think could potentially be a route that we're going to go is to co complete this project again, to hopefully see a comparison between kind of a pandemic year versus a non-pandemic year. And then we also are looking at all of these different factors. So whether it's a PGY-1, a PGY-2 residency, regions within the country. So we could do post hoc analyses to see if there are specific programs or specific areas within the country that may have a, a lower rate of burnout or a higher rate of burnout. Um, so looking at the different types um, of residencies and regions may be an option um, for our project in the future. Thank you. Derek, to what extent did you work with your mentor, Julie, on this project? So I think one of the greatest things was that Julie and I kind of had this self-identified uh, mentor-mentee relationship prior to starting um, this project. So we would always meet and discuss things regarding our clinical practices, um, academia. Um, so it was great when I actually decided that I wanted to pursue um, this project. Um, I had already known that Julie had helped another colleague of ours um, pursue the, a similar grant, and they were successful and were able to present it. So I knew I would be under the wings of a great mentor in regards to these projects. And I think what makes our mentor-mentee relationship so strong is that we are both very similar in regards to our goals. Um, we both have clinical practices. We both take students and residents on rotations. Uh, we also are continuously doing research, whether it's with students, residents, or on our own. Um, we're always trying to advance the field of pharmacy and the practice of pharmacy. So it's one of the things that I really appreciate is the fact that we had this relationship before starting um, this project. But then once the project started, we set up meetings with our pilot research project. We met, we met monthly to um, go over the data um, and discuss anything that was interesting with, the, with that particular month that we were collecting. We also divided up our tasks very well. Um, one of the things I did was I created all the surveys and then um, Julie would review them and then we would send them out. And that is continuing through this grant funded project. Um, when we were applying for the grant, uh, we actually met pretty regularly. I think we met once a week to make sure all of our materials were ready to go. Um, everything was reviewed prior to 
um, reviewed prior to uh, sending in. So we, we met pretty regularly with that. I mean, we did meet some pretty crazy roadblocks in regards to our pilot project. And then while we were applying for the grant in regards to the pandemic starting and just administrative changes within our university, but we discussed our actions and made decisions to work through it and continue on with um, pursuing the grant. So we always had similar goals in mind and it was just very easy to work with Julie through this whole process. And she's been a great mentor um, since I started at the University of Toledo. How did the award from the ASHP Foundation support help in completing your project? So I think one of the big things uh, with our project was that we did do a pilot project in Ohio to look at the amount of residents who were burnout. Our survey sample size was not the greatest when we did We had only, I believe, 16 residents complete the survey. So expanding it to the entire United States would help look at a wider variety of individuals um, within the nation. Um, So conducting the project on a larger scale and allows for more reliable data. We also, the support from the ASHP Foundation grant allowed us to incentivize uh, our participants within the study. So that's something important that we didn't have with our Ohio project, which may have limited the amount of participants. So it has been a great help in regards to getting that larger number, as well as incentivizing our our participants for for completing the, the surveys throughout the year. The other thing to consider is that to ensure the rigor of the statistical methods that are used in any research project, um, engaging a statistician is imperative. And um, having the award from the ASHP Foundation allowed us to um, secure a statistician for that project. Um, You know, when we had 16 in the pilot, we could probably figure out the statistics ourselves, but with a few hundred (laughs) um, from the United States, we recognize uh, our limitations and thank goodness for the ASHP Foundation that we're able to take our project to the next level. Do you have advice for those submitting for this grant? I definitely have advice. Um, I think one of the big things is, is finding a great mentor. Many of the individuals applying for early grants are new practitioners who are are just getting their feet wet with grants. So having somebody who is able to kind of walk you through that process makes it 10 times easier. I've already went on and on about how great our relationship is, but understanding that this mentor has also already completed one one grant, uh, probably multiple more than that, but it helped me understand what I needed to do And I was able to get great feedback. So now when I go to do another grant, I have that information in my back pocket and I'm able to um, apply it to a future grant application. And as I'd mentioned, just knowing that Julie had helped other colleagues kind of through this same process, I knew I I was going to be working with somebody who was going to teach me along the way and definitely build up for a potential successful grant application. Um, So I think that's something that's important. 
The other thing that I realized is that I searched many different grants um, and just making sure that your grant fits the goals of your study. So when looking at ASHP's foundation goals, they matched my project pretty, pretty well. Um, so I think that's an important point that a lot of people forget is that you do want to just make sure that the objectives for your project match those goals of the foundation you are applying for. So I think those are the two big things that I would say in regards to advice for submitting for this, for this particular grant. The other thing that I would say, and Derek already alluded to this earlier, is to meet regularly. <laughs> um, we started off monthly when we were initially designing the project and things. And as the deadline approached, we moved the meetings to weekly. And it really helps hold each other accountable for their specific tasks. If I know I'm meeting with Derek next week, I need to get this and this done. So then we have a productive meeting. So I think it really helped us stay on task to just set those up. And we had you know our regular appointment on Thursday and that's what we did. Um, so highly encourage that. The other thing is start early. <laughs> I know things are different at other institutions, but for example, at the University of Toledo, we have an office of research and sponsored programs. And before any faculty is allowed to submit to an external foundation for money, they have to approve our budget. They have to approve everything else. And so, especially for a new investigator grant, it's nice to have a mentor who knows those things <laughs> to be able to do that. And so um, I encourage anyone who's listening and considering applying for those is to check out what is required at their specific institution to see what sorts of things need to be completed even before you can apply and getting necessary signatures um, on forms ahead of time because if people take vacations, you don't want to not meet the grant deadline because you didn't start early and get the necessary signatures from your institution. Um, so I highly encourage that for um, anyone considering applying for the grant. How has this grant impacted your career or what is the impact that you want it to have? So I think this can, I can answer this question a couple different ways. So one of the big things I think how this is going to impact my career is that from a precepting standpoint, I do think the study will help me as a preceptor in regards to identifying residents who may be burnout or what is causing a resident to be burnout looking at the different times within the year, as well as looking at the different risk factors um, will help me implement different things during rotation to kind of help the residents overcome burnout and definitely help them with different things they can be doing to um, mitigate any, any burnout they may be having, um, whether it's exhaustion or disengagement. I also think from a RPD side, in the future, I do hope to potentially have an RPD role in an oncology setting. So knowing that some residents who are going into a PGY2 may have, may have issues with becoming burnout because they're already a year plus into residency, um, knowing that and identifying that earlier on will be important. So I think those are a couple of things from a preceptor standpoint that I think are very important. 
the other thing that I think I will continue doing as a pharmacist is continuing to do research and continuing to apply for grants. So understanding the level of detail and planning that goes into grant applications is very necessary to have a successful application. So taking the next steps and working on quality research and applying for grants is something I do plan to do. And I think completing this project will only help me in the future when I do apply for grants and conduct other research projects. The only thing that I would add is in my career as a pharmacist faculty member, as a residency preceptor, one of the my most favorite things to do is to mentor people. And so being able to serve as Derek's mentor on this project is just very rewarding. And I look forward to hearing about the grants that he submits as a mentor with a new investigator, because then I feel like things go for a full circle and, you know, I've given back to the profession and then Derek can then take uh, what he's learned and apply for more grants with other people. And so um, it's just, it's a very rewarding process. Well, thank you both so much. That's all the time we have today. And I want to thank Derek and Julie for joining us today to discuss their research on burnout. And if you haven't had the chance, I encourage you to visit wellbeing.ashp.org, where you can learn more about our partnership with the National Academy of Medicine, resources to promote wellness and strategies to manage burnout. Please be sure to join us here each month for more on wellness and resilience. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.